That's right. You can win a The Record Store t-shirt. How about a copy of All the Right Notes by Lance Levine? That's right. Retweet, like, and share on social media all the Rocktober episodes. The Right Notes, the first book by Twitter influencer Lance Levine. It's a wild ride down a path of musical adventure that recaps many random run-ins with rock royalty, such as U2, Slash, The Ramones, The Goo Goo Dolls, and many more. And all the crazy occurrences that have happened to him that trace back to music. All the Right Notes is 209 pages sure to bring a smile to your face and to remind you how much music has probably touched your life as well. All the Right Notes, available now on Amazon in paperback for $14.99 and on Kindle for all you tech warriors for $9.99. Also at local Chicago bookstores, as well as Rolling Stone Records on Harlem and Irving. If you can't find it, ask for it by name. All the Right Notes by Lance Levine. And I have been told I could not put it down. I read it all in one day. So order it now and see what all the fuss is about. You want the best, you got the best. The best little wrestling podcast in the business. All episodes on www.stspod.club. Do you enjoy all the shows here on stspod.club? Well, cash app us at dollar sign BTSTS. Do you not have the app? Download it and get $5 by using the code dollar sign BTSTS. That's dollar sign BTSTS. Welcome back to the record store. It is indeed Rocktober. We are in the midst of Rocktober. Thank you to Brian for turning over the entire month of STS to me, except for those Saturday shows, uh, but turning over the month to the record store and music and making October something really special and different. So we are, of course, we have to thank our house band that was Little Pockets of Grease with our theme song starting out the show. So always a big fan of Little Pockets of Grease. Thank you to those guys for making that happen. So, as you know, this is episode 17 of The Record Store, where I randomly grab an album off my album collection wall that I'm looking at now. You can probably hear the tone change in my voice because I turned my head. But anyway, and you can hear Muñeca chiming in in the background. Uh, but anyway, so the theme of The Record Store, the concept is that I grab an album at random, do a little bit of homework about it, and listen to it with a fresh set of ears, even though I haven't listened to it in... Decades, perhaps, or days, perhaps. Who knows? Uh, the album is just grabbed at random. However, for Rocktober, we have a theme and a concept, and that is that I'm only doing 
albums from this year. So these are all releases for this month specifically. It's only going to be 2021 albums. So, and I have a bunch. There's probably about two dozen albums that I'm looking at in the stack over here that I pulled aside just so I could make sure I was doing it uh, specifically this year for this month. So this month or this week's album is the one and only Nancy Wilson, the beautiful blonde-headed sister of Heart, uh, with her album that came out earlier this year called You and Me. And I gotta say, you know, I, I'm one of those guys. I always had a crush on Nancy from early on with Heart, uh, whether it was in Heart as the blonde-headed one or in Fast Times at Ridgemont High when she appeared there. Uh, for a cameo, working for her husband who directed that movie. Um, and honestly, she's still beautiful at 67 on the album cover. I mean, obviously, there, perhaps there were some visual effects here, but who knows, whatever, I don't care. She's a beautiful lady at 67, as well as ridiculously talented, great guitarist, great singer. Uh, Got to make mention on the inside of this album, it opens up, the, the CD opens up, and on the inside of the album, um, there is a picture of Nancy in a convertible laying across a convertible and she is barefoot and i am quite sure that is probably going to appeal to a certain demographic shall we say to see nancy wilson barefoot but anyway so a couple of notes of course before we get into the actual cuts uh her middle name is i don't even know how to say this lamora it's like a really long french sounding word so it turns out that lamoro nancy lamoro wilson Lamoureux is her late grandmother's last name, so she was named in tribute to her grandmother, so that's kind of cool. You know, she started Heart. We kind of talked about Heart before we did an album, a Heart album uh, a couple months ago, The Road Home. Uh, But she started Heart with Anne in 1973, completely legends. I mean, they are beyond legends. They have sold over 35 million albums between, as a band, they've sold over 35 million albums. Just honestly, Nancy, one of the great all-time female rock stars, rock guitarists, and even singers. Obviously, she gets overshadowed by Anne, as she should, because Anne is such an amazing vocalist. As I've said before, Anne and my Mount Rushmore of singers. Uh, But she sang lead, Nancy sang lead on These Dreams, which actually ended up being Hart's first number one single, which is crazy because they had so many singles before then. So her and Anne, what's so interesting to me in doing some research is that her and Anne had seen the Beatles when the Ed Sullivan show first had the Beatles on, that clip that we've all seen a million times, but they were actually watching it when it came on. And they knew from that point that they, that music was for them. Rock music was for them and they were going to get into it. So, and then on top of that, they went to see the Beatles live in Seattle in 1966, and that just cemented it. And so doing some quick math, Nancy Wilson was 12 years old when she got to see the Beatles live in concert. And I'm like, man, can you imagine how that would change your life? If you were even the least bit leaning into music and you got to see the Beatles at 12 years old, man, what a crazy just such a cool experience. I'm sure she cherishes that. So anyway, a um, couple other things. You know, Dreamboat Annie and Little Queen were the first two albums that came out. Um, what's bizarre, and this always stood out to me, is that Mushroom Records, which was the album, the label that they were on, rushed out an album called Magazine right after those two albums out, which was not finished and only had eight songs. And I always thought, 
this is so out of place and so strange that, you know, those two albums were so polished, Dreamboat Annie and Little Queen, so many great hits on those albums, and then all of a sudden this magazine comes out, which was kind of just half-assed and not thought through, I thought, at the time. And as it turns out, the album was rushed out, was not complete, the band was pissed, they sued the album label on it, and they only sold 50,000 copies, and they pulled it off the shelves. I have it, I actually have it, but it's still controversial to this day, because they were so pissed off that the album company rushed out to release this album before it was ready, just to kind of take advantage of how Hot Heart had gotten as a band. So anyway, as they went on, sales started to fall as drugs unfortunately took hold on the band and on Nancy herself. Uh, they did rebound big in 1985. Self-titled album was called Heart, had What About Love, also had These Dreams. And a story about These Dreams, I think we touched on this on the um, the Road Home episode, but These Dreams was written by Bernie Taupin and Martin Page, and it was originally written for, for Stevie Nicks. And Stevie Nicks, for whatever reason, turned down the song, and then they opted to give it to Heart. And so they loved it. Uh, Nancy especially loved that song. That's why probably why she was thrust into the vocals of that song. So what's really, I guess, a poignant story about that song is they were recording it, and a 22-year-old fan named Sharon Hess who was suffering from leukemia, wrote to Hart and wanted to meet them. And so I don't know if it was through Make-A-Wish or whatever the case may be, but they granted it, and she did get to meet them. And believe it or not, she was actually there in the studio when they recorded these dreams. She was there. Um, Nancy dedicated the song to her when they released the album on the liner notes, and unfortunately she passed away a few days later after the song was recorded. So just an amazing story. I'm sure Nancy to this day, when singing that song and doing that song live, which hopefully will happen again, um, when doing that song, I bet that story just really touches her. So um, 90s was different for them. Nancy got married to Cameron Crowe, the writer, the Rolling Stone writer, and became director. Um, and she focused a lot. She kind of stepped away from Hart. Hart t- definitely took a back seat. Um, she focused on providing songs for his movies. And so she's got, and she appeared, like I said, she appeared in Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Um, she provided songs for Jerry Maguire and Say Anything. Um, so she definitely was into that as more so than Hart, for sure. Um, they regrouped, got back together into the 2000s, started recording again, started releasing albums. Not too many successful albums. But they toured. They did a lot of those tours like we've talked about before with like Journey and Cheap Trick and bands like that, REO Speedwagon. Uh, They were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2013, also got a Hollywood Walk of Fame star. Uh, And then the big event that we've talked about, too, is in August of 2016 when Nancy's sons, by Cameron Crowe, her twin sons, were assaulted by Ann Wilson's husband, Dean Wetter. Um, because they left his car door open and some big whatever developed out of that and he physically assaulted these kids and he pled guilty to it and Hart was indefinitely done at that point. Again, I've, I've talked about it before. I actually happened to see them on that tour. Um, when I saw them, it was right before that incident and then that happened. They finished the tour and they've really kind of drifted and Hart was kind of done at that point as a band. Um, and they've not really done anything together since then, which is really tragic. Um, there have been some olive branches extended between the two of them. Um, but what's really stood out to me is the fact that both of them have released solo material this year. 
and neither one of them appeared on the other one's albums. So there's no Ann Wilson on this album, the Nancy Wilson song or album we're going to talk about today. Um, Ann's had some stuff come out, and there's been no Nancy on that. So it's just, you know, that says a lot to me, despite the fact that there's, you know, claims that there's olive branches out there between the two of them and that maybe they will get back together and record stuff again as heart or whatever they want to call themselves someday. But as of right now, it's still tragically that they're not doing anything together. Um, and it all stems from Anne's asshole husband. And I can call him that because he pled guilty and, and got punished for it. So anyway, this album, it's called You and Me, uh, came out earlier this year. And I have a personal story on this album, too, which some people may know this story from Twitter. But it is it was touted, it came out in the spring, and it was touted as her first solo album. And I'm like, wait, hold on. I have a Nancy Wilson solo album from way back when. It was called Live at McCade's, I'm sorry, Live, it's hard to say, Live Defibrillator, that's always my test word, Uh, Live from McCabe's Guitar Shop, and that was the name of the album. I have it, I'm looking right at it, came out in 1999, but yet this album is being touted as being her first solo album. So I'm like, I know that's not true, that is not true. So this album is released by a company called Carry On Music, the album we're talking about today, you and me. Um, So... I knew it wasn't true. I'm thinking, is this some sort of scam? Not scam, but some kind of scheme by the records, the record company, to sell more albums. You know, by touting it as her for as Hearts Nancy Wilson's first solo album. You know, are they touting it that way to try and sell more albums? It's not because I have this other album. You know, so I needed the truth out there. So you know, here I go. I'm a troublemaker. I started tweeting like congratulations tweets to Nancy about her second album being out. And I specifically said, hey, congrats on your second album. I'm so looking forward to it. Can't wait. Because it is a, the other album is really good. I like it. Um, and I love Nancy Wilson. So anyway, so I'm tweeting this stuff. You know, I send a couple of them out. I think I tagged the record company too. Um, and so mysteriously, and she acknowledged it. She liked my tweets and I got responses. Mysteriously, the verbiage suddenly changed to her first studio album. And that was what everybody was clinging to is the fact that, you know, oh, that McCabe's album, you know, and I think I said something smart ass, really smart ass too, like, oh, I've been waiting for another album to come out since the McCabe's album, love the McCabe's album. So I kept referencing it, you know, and you may think I'm a dick, it was a dick move, but I just needed the truth out there. I will take credit because they changed the verbiage. Like I said, any of all the promotional material that came out after that, they started saying it was her first Nancy Wilson, Hearts Nancy Wilson's first studio album, you know, as opposed to solo album. So I will fully take credit for it. I may be a douchebag for doing it, but I just needed the truth to be out there. So it is what it is. So anyway, You and Me is 12 tracks, clocks in at about 45 minutes. Um, you got Sammy Hagar appearing on there, a couple handful of people. Sammy Hagar, Taylor Hawkins, who is the drummer of Foo Fighters, Duff McKagan all appear. Uh, she does a handful of covers on here, too, which are actually very carefully chosen. Uh, Springsteen, Paul Simon, Pearl Jam, um, Cranberries, some really good stuff covers that she chose there is a lyric book so i'm very happy about that amidst the picture of nancy laying in the convertible with her shoes off which turned a lot of people on i'm sure 
male and female, whatever. Not that there's anything wrong. So, all right. So let's get into the album. Uh, starts off with the title track is You and Me. It's a very acoustic, very soft start to the album. Uh, Nancy just as famous for her acoustic play on stage and on record as she was for Electric. Um, Nancy wrote this song. Um, like I said, there's a bunch of covers, but she wrote about half the album. So she wrote this one as a tribute to her friend Susan Ennis, who actually is on this song and appears on this album singing harmonies with her. Um, Sue has been with them in heart, kind of a kind of an unofficial member, an honorary member of Heart all this time. And so she appears, like I said, she appears here too. It's a very pretty song. Um, obviously means a lot to Nancy. And the, the friendship of Susan has meant a lot to Nancy over the years because she sings about it in the song that you've always shown me the way. Um, and having Nancy, or I'm sorry, having Susan herself appear to sing on that song too. So I'm sure that song means a lot to her. And honestly, the title track for an album called You and Me it sounds like the whole thing is probably dedicated to this other lady. So second song, The Rising, which is the somewhat well-known Bruce Springsteen song, one of the latter-day Bruce Springsteen songs. Uh, it starts really slow, really low-key, but gets a really good slow build to it where it, when it really kicks in, it's a really appealing version of it. Um, I like how she, her voice, it's hard to describe, but her voice always sounds kind of like Ann Wilson light to me, which makes sense because they're obviously sisters. So there could very well be a very similar sound. And there is a similar sound, but I like on this one where she kind of gives herself a different, she takes it from a different approach in terms of the vocal. She does not sound like Ann on this, on this particular song. Uh, song again slows down later on and resumes. I just think that it would be such a great song live. Um, I think this is such a great song, such a really good um, composition by Springsteen, and just a great singer guitarist performing it. So, a big fan of The Rising, the second track. So, all right, we're at the point where we're actually only after two songs, we're going to flip the album. We'll get to side two of You and Me at the record store in just a second after you hear a few words from our sponsors. Stay with us at the record store, guys. This episode is also brought to you by SpunkLube.com. Remember when you're getting funky like a monkey, if you know what I mean, use Spunky. That's right. Go to www.SpunkLube.com and tell them STS Pod sent you. Right Notes, the first book by Twitter influencer Lance Levine. It's a wild ride down a path of musical adventure that recaps many random run-ins with rock royalty, such as U2, Slash, The Ramones, The Goo Goo Dolls, and many more. And all the crazy occurrences that have happened to him that trace back to music. All the Right Notes is 209 pages sure to bring a smile to your face and to remind you how much music has probably touched your life as well. All the Right Notes, available now on Amazon in paperback for $14.99 and on Kindle for all you tech warriors for $9.99. Also at local Chicago bookstores, as well as Rolling Stone Records on Harlem and Irving. If you can't find it, ask for it by name. All the Right Notes by Lance Levine. And I have been told I could not put it down. I read it all in one day. So order it now and see what all the fuss is about. Our Uber Eats code Eats Dash Brian T two four seven nine O U E. That's Eat Dash 
BRIAN-T24790UE. Use that code and get $20 off a $25 order. Are you enjoying the episode? Well, Cash App us. That's right. Dollar sign BTSTS. You don't have Cash App? Download it and get $5. That's right. $5. That's dollar sign BTSTS. Dollar sign BTSTS. All right. Thank you to our valued sponsors. They are. They just, I can't thank them enough because they keep me in those pork and beans and ramen soups and Doritos just on a daily, Mountain Dew, you know, all of those. They keep us in those on a daily basis. You know, I always wonder, like nowadays when you go into 7-Eleven, if you've been in a 7-Eleven lately, you'll see the rollers with the hot dogs on them at the counter. They are like open, like like in some of the 7-Eleven stores, they're open. So like, I'm thinking people are just freaking grabbing hot dogs off those rollers, aren't they? <laughs> I'm sure that's happening because there used to be, especially in this day and age of COVID. That's just so weird to me to see those open air hot dog rollers at 7-Eleven. They used to be behind the sneeze guard where the employee had to grab it for you. But now, not so much. Certain 7-Eleven stores, you can grab it yourself. I'm sure there's people grabbing those hot dogs and just eating them hot. So anyway... But we're back to, I digress, we're back to You and Me by Nancy Wilson, our 2021 release as part of Rocktober at the record store. So we're moving on to side two. We're starting out with the third track, which is called I'll Find You. Um, Kind of a folky country sound to it. Um, To me, honestly, has kind of a Taylor Swift-ish kind of sound to it. So I wonder if there's ever been an interview. I'm sure Taylor Swift has been interviewed billions of times. But um, I wonder if she would ever mention Nancy Wilson as being um, an influence on her. Because you can definitely hear that sound in this song. So I think that this I'll Find You could probably get some country radio airplay. It shows a real nice versatility on Nancy's part to have that kind of sound to it, as opposed to the hard rock that you normally associate with her. Um, Sounds like this song, it sounds like she's reaching out to a friend in need, someone who's running away from their problems, whoever it is, um, and Nancy wants to be there for them. So just low-key, a really good song. Um, I really appreciated the fact that it had a completely different vibe to it. Like I said, like kind of more of a country sound to it than what you would normally associate with her. Fourth track is called Daughter. It's the Pearl Jam cover that I talked about. The very big, probably that and Jeremy, probably the most well-known Pearl Jam songs. So um, it's a very stark, honestly, it's a very stark interpretation of Daughter. Um, There are parts where it really kicks in and rocks and Nancy wails that sounds like Anne, honestly. Uh, There's little snippets of it here. Um, but there's some really dark passages in this song, which it's a dark song to begin with, but her interpretation of it and her version of it makes it extremely dark and very stark. Um, but I really like the fact that she really tried to kick it in gear vocally and actually p- kind of pulls it off. There's there's some brief snippets where she she rivals Anne. I mean, I'm never going to say she's as good of a singer as Anne Wilson. Anne Wilson is one of the all-time greats, but Nancy did... A kick-ass job on that song, I gotta say. So it's a nice version of Daughter, a little bit different. So then we go to five, which is called Party at the Angel Ballroom. Uh, This was written by Hawkins and Duff McKagan, Taylor Hawkins, Duff McKagan. Um, 
it's pretty much what you would expect. It's kind of a party song. Uh, the drums, interestingly, the drums start off the song and it sounds exactly like it's a drum riff taken right out of Heartbreaker. It's the very beginning of Pat Benatar's Heartbreaker. So it's an immediate rocker, foot tapper, foot tapper for sure. Um, not a very deep song. It's something that I would actually love to see them do live and open a concert with it because it would really, it was very energetic and it would really get the crowd into it right away. Uh, there's, she's singing about a decadent old school Hollywood party scene that they all live through. So you know that Nancy Wilson, Duff McKagan, for sure, are two people that have lived through the Hollywood party scene. So it's, like I said, not a very deep song, but definitely very catchy and enjoyable song. So then we go to number six, which is The Boxer. That is the Paul Simon cover. Um, like I said, a very eclectic choice of covers that Nancy chose for this album. So... Uh, all acoustic. Uh, that is, again, very similar to the Springsteen song that she picked. It's a great song. Um, so you've got a really good singer and performer doing what is a really good song that they did not write themselves. So what I will say that I didn't like about this version of it is it sounds like she's singing through some kind of filter, uh, which I've talked about on some other episodes where a singer that I like and a singer whose voice I really like is singing through some kind of weird device that makes them not sound the same. Uh, kind of not a fan, you know, just give me Nancy Wilson singing. Um, this is the song that Sammy Hagar appears on. Um, not very prominent. He just sang background here somewhat. He comes on a little bit more as the song goes on, but I don't think I would have known that it was Sammy Hagar if it wasn't listed on the liner notes. Um, but again, it's a nice, well-crafted song. It's a nice interpretation of the song. I do like the version that she does, but I could have done without that stupid filter on her voice i just 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 give me nancy wilson don't screw with it i don't need you know don't give me when you got a singer that approximates the greatness of ann wilson as a singer don't screw with the vocals leave it alone so all right number seven enough of that angst uh number seven is a song called walk away this is one of the highlights of the album because you wouldn't know it unless you knew the story about what happened with Anne and her and uh, her husband and Nancy's kids and such. But this is a song for Anne Wilson. This is a song about their feud. It is a hard listen in the sense that you're kind of, you feel like you're peeking into their personal situation. It's definitely emotional material. Uh, it's an acoustic start, start to the song, but then it kicks in. Uh, she sings lines like the time has come to let it go. Don't need this drama anymore. And then the real the the line that really brought it home for me was with all we've been through, it's up to me to forgive us both. I'm like, it couldn't be more obvious that this is about her situation with Anne and the fact that they're feuding. So what like I said, it's good to know the story because I had I honestly, before I did the research for the Road Home episode earlier this year, I did not know that story. And I probably wouldn't know that story had I not been doing this show because it was very much under the radar. It was not a widely publicized story. So it's good to know that story because with with that knowledge, the song becomes so much more meaningful. So Walk Away, just such a good song and just such an emotional um, outpouring from Nancy. And it kind of leaves you with maybe a glimmer of hope that they're going to get back together, you know, and they'll, they'll work together again someday before it's obviously too late to some extent. Uh, but just a really good song, really enjoyed Walk Away, just from that personal standpoint. Uh, number eight is a song called The In-Between. Uh, what's interesting about this is her son appears 
uh, well, appears as a co-writing credit. Her son, Curtis, appears as a co-writing credit with this song. Um, another, like, Taylor Swift, kind of Sheryl Crow-ish kind of song sound to it. Um, I would call it hard pop. That was kind of my takeaway in terms of the music style on this. So basic message here is try harder to be open-minded folks. Try harder to understand each other. Um, and I'm thinking, well, let's see, like your son, your teenage son and your generation are so spread apart. Maybe that's who you're talking to, especially since he appears as a songwriter credit on this, on this song. So maybe your two generations try to understand each, each other better. Maybe that's what she's talking about here. So the in-between at number eight, number nine, another one of the highlights of the album is called dreams. Um, just on the surface, when I saw the name dreams, I'm like, I didn't know what to make of it, but immediately you know it's the Cranberry song. It's a cover of the great Cranberry song, probably the most well-known song of theirs. Um, Nancy sings it as a duet here with a woman by the name of Liv Warfield, who I'm not sure who that is, but she sounds great here. Um, I loved Dreams, the Cranberries version of it. I loved this song before. This is a spot-on version of it. Um, and what's interesting is Dolores O'Riordan, who is no longer with us, who had sung the lead on Dreams originally in the Cranberries, they, you know, she did those, like, I, yo, those yodels, I don't know what you want to call them, but those shrieks, and they replace those. They don't even attempt to sing that or to duplicate those parts of the song where she's, like, yodeling, and they replaced it with acoustic guitar and just guitar riffs that replace it. And it's such a great interpretation of the song. I really enjoy how they do that, um, and they just don't even attempt to do injustice to the the yodels for lack of a better expression so this song i would love to see it live i think they just would do such a kick-ass version of this song it's so good on the on the well vinyl cd whatever uh i would love to see it live and then also there's some really good drumming on here too so it does a really nice job really true interpretation but yet with that vocal interpretation or um the guitar rather interpretation of the the yodel so just a really good tribute to the cranberries and a great great performance of that song so 10th song is called the dragon um definitely probably the most old school heart song you're going to hear on this album just has a very much of a heart like um barracuda magic man kind of feel to it like the real old you know original heart it just has that vibe to it so it's she's singing about the egyptian river that Ju jimmy is going down where the dragon waits um it's a mellow song i don't know there's probably some drug shit going on there but it's a mellow song but it kicks in hard for the chorus and that again that seems to be a heart that was a heart staple uh in the heart formula it was like a mellow kind of song but then a kick-ass chorus so um, I think her voice, Nancy's voice, sounds great on this song. It gets kind of gritty, too, um, in the midst of this song. So just a really good rocker. I really enjoyed The Dragon. I thought it was um, just very reminiscent of early Heart, which was so much, so much, like, a, I'm a huge fan of Heart from, from then. Uh, actually, from all along, even some of those albums, like I was saying, in the 90s and 2000s that did not get any airplay whatsoever and didn't really sell very much, there was still some great material being released. So should check those out. If you're a Heart fan, don't let those slip under the radar for you. So number 11, um, kind of a downer. <laughs> the, L, or the song is called We Meet Again. It totally sounds like Dan Fogelberg. It's not a Dan Fogelberg cover. But it has like this the, this Dan Fogelberg acoustic tone to it, uh, and the subject matter too, which is kind of interesting. She's talking about nature, autumn, the horses, the fields. It's a. It, what's weird is it's kind of a pleasant acoustic song, 
But in the long run, when you hear the lyrics, you realize she's singing about death. So it kind of is a downer to be, especially to be this late in the album. Maybe put it somewhere in the middle so you're not so you're not thinking so much about uh, death as you're getting ready to finish the album off. So I don't know, just it, not a not a bad song, just kind of weird placement to be so late on the album. So we meet again. Could be elsewhere on the album, that's all I'm going to say. And then we wrap up, uh, the 12th song is actually called For Edward, the number four Edward. Uh, it is about, it's her tribute to Eddie Van Halen. Um, now this, if you ended the album with it, which she does, I think it makes sense. And I think it makes sense in this position of the album. That's why I didn't particularly like the song about death being right before this. It could have been anywhere else. Let the Dragon, which was a rockin' song, let that be right before For Edward, which is, this song is only about a minute. It's her just playing acoustic guitar. I didn't think it sounded like she was trying to approximate Eddie Van Halen. I think what it was more so designed to do was show off some of her prowess at finger-picking the strings on an acoustic guitar. Um, the story behind this song is that Hart was touring with Van Halen at one point and she at early on and she asked Eddie Van Halen why don't you play more acoustic guitar and his response was because I don't have one so on the spot she gives him one of her acoustic guitars I think this is such a cool story um, so she gives him one of her acoustic guitars and they became friends from that so that night or the next night whenever um, he calls her, they're in their hotel rooms, and he calls her and basically plays a song for her over the phone. And so there's no recordings of it, there's no record of it anywhere. So this For Edward is basically her memory of that song that he played for her that night over the phone. So it's her, you know, her interpretation of what she remembered from that, whatever it was, 30 years ago, um, of Eddie Van Halen playing that song. So I just think it's such a beautiful story. Um, and it's, it's a very simple song, uh, just a nice tribute to him, a really nice way to, to end the album. Um, and like I said, I didn't think particularly that it sounded like, oh, yeah, that that's definitely her, you know, channeling Eddie Van Halen. I didn't think it was that. I think, you know, it was definitely Nancy Wilson playing it. it and I would not have known unless I knew the story behind it that there was a connection to Van Halen on it. But I think it's a beautiful song of fitting tribute to the man uh, that obviously affected her. They were good friends. Um, affected all of us to, to lose Eddie Van Halen, especially like I had just seen Wolfgang not that long ago uh, perform live. And that it just drove home how important to ever, to so many rock fans, how important Eddie Van Halen was. So that is it. That is You and Me by Nancy Wilson. That is our episode of our October episode of The Record Store. So thank you guys for listening. Definitely spread the word about The Record Store. Uh, spread the word about Rocktober being all 2021 releases so you can get caught up so you're not living in the past as some people do. Thank you to our sponsors. Thank you to Brian for basically turning over Shooting the Shiznit and the STS Podcast Network to me for the entire month practically. So we will be back next week. Uh, I do want to send a shout out, a special shout out to John McAdam. He is becoming, I think he's becoming my Matt Damon. I, I mentioned John McAdam on the show so many times. I think he's becoming my Matt Damon in the sense that Jimmy Kimmel always says that we ran out of time for Matt Damon. So there will be no Matt Damon on this show. So shout out to you, John McAdam, for pro wrestling and whatever. Uh, and especially this month where we're only doing 2021 albums. So don't forget, guys, we'll be back next week with another episode of The Record Store. And also don't forget, I have fun everywhere I go. 
Thanks for joining us again this week, guys, at the record store. Show us some love. Cash app us at dollar sign BTSTS. Or hit us up on Patreon, www.patreon.com slash shooting the shiznit. You can find me on Twitter at ChocolatierLL or on Facebook at Lance Levine. That's L-E capital V-I-N-E because, you know, I'm classy like that. And you can find all the previous episodes of The Record Store at stspod.club. If you want to check out some other great music podcasts, check out my guy Pat Francis at Rock Solid, the comedy podcast for all things rock and roll, both new and classic. Or check out Nixology from the mysterious Stephen, all about the career of Stephen Nicks. And if you like to eat as badly as I do, check out my guys Jay and Rick at the I'm Fat podcast for some great food-related laughs every single week. Thanks again for joining us today, guys. And remember, thunder only happens when it's raining, and players only love you when they're playing.